Our New Testament lesson comes from the Gospel of John. Last week we read chapter 20 in the Gospel of John, and this week we read from chapter 21. Listen for God's word. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, but a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came back, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh, holy God, we give you thanks for your word to us this day. We pray, God, for open hearts and minds that we would listen for what it is that you have to say to us. We thank you, O oh God, that you meet us here 
For it is in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, here we are. It's the week after Easter. This time last week, the sanctuary was full of flowers and lilies and beautiful flowers, and everybody was dressed to the nines, and we were busting out at the seams. It was Easter Sunday. Steve Eason, our interim pastor, delivered a powerful sermon. We were inspired. It was a glorious day. We proclaimed Christ is risen, and we responded by saying, Let's try that one more time, because it's been a week. Christ has risen. Good job. And you did pretty good the first time, too. The early service, they were asleep. It's the week after. This Sunday is often referred to as Low Sunday on the church calendar. The head pastor or senior pastor usually takes the Sunday off. I think Steve had his shorts on right after the benediction and was out the door. I remember when I was in seminary, this was the Sunday that you could be guaranteed to get time in the pulpit. The Sunday after Easter, low Sunday. But I've been thinking, and that doesn't really sit well with me. Last week, we proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Shouldn't we be eager to find out what happens next? Ready to live into this new life? Shouldn't this week be just as big a deal? Well, real life happens. We get busy. Even the disciples, days after the resurrection, were out doing their ordinary thing. They were fishing. The truth is, this is how we live out our faith, in the ordinary stuff, the ordinary things of life. We don't live it up on the mountaintop. But just for fun, let's not consider the week after Easter, low Sunday. This is the time that we get to put to practice what it is we learn and hear on Easter Sunday. This is the day that we listen to what Jesus says to Peter when he asks, do you love me? Yes, Lord, of course I love you. And Jesus' response, feed my sheep. It is serve day today for our congregation, and we are putting to practice what we have learned. We are practicing resurrection as we go out into the community and in this church to serve God's people. Last week, Steve did deliver a powerful Easter sermon. Maybe you were here he began by pointing out what the culture or the, what the world has to say about what Easter means. He used some YouTube videos and some different interviews of people, and their response to Easter was, Easter is bunnies and candy and egg hunts. But one thing that Steve said last week that sort of stopped me in my tracks, he said, 
We have done such a poor job communicating the power of Easter to the world. He said, I put that on us, as in us, the church, that we have done a poor job of communicating the power of Easter. This sort of stopped me in my tracks because I tend to be annoyed when I see the way that the world simplifies Easter Sunday to bunnies and candy, but I didn't take responsibility for it. I remember when my daughter was eight and she came home from school and said, um, Mom, I, if, if, I, um, if I don't give anything up for Lent, does that mean the Easter bunny won't show up? I said, let's talk. <laughs> so the world has defined, but Steve challenged us last week, and I've been thinking about it this week, how are we as the church sharing our understanding of Easter with the world? What are we doing to show and share the true meaning of Easter? How are we sharing the hope that is Easter with a world so desperately seeking hope? And then I got to asking, how is it that we Christians can share this message of hope? How do we do this in our everyday lives? Do we know this message in our own hearts? When we can share this and know this, I believe that is when we practice resurrection. So last week we got our marching orders. God's love is bigger than anything else, bigger than death, bigger than darkness, bigger than sin, bigger than evil. So what does that mean for us? What does it mean that God's love is bigger than anything else? It means death doesn't win. It means that there is hope. There is resurrection, life after death, life after the dark, the painful, the hurt, the lonely, the confused. In our story today, Jesus meets his disciples on the seashore after the resurrection. They had gone back to fishing, doing their livelihood. The disciples are out fishing, and Jesus calls to them. They say, we don't have any fish. Jesus tells them, throw the net on the other side. What happens next? Their nets are overflowing. Isn't this the truth? I find in my life that when I insist on doing things my way and essentially turn my back away from God's way, and when I forget, forget, to ask for God's help, I don't catch any fish. When I ask for God's guidance and for God's help, it is true that my net burst with fish. Does this happen to you? When we live in fear, consumed by worry, we can practically be paralyzed, can't we? And when we surrender and ask for God's help, 
we can walk a little more lightly. And this is a daily practice. This is resurrection practice. If you haven't practiced, experienced this practice of resurrection, try it. When there is something in your life that you are desperately trying to control, maybe even something today, something that you want to overcome or conquer, something that you are sure that you know what the outcome should be, let this go. Pray. Ask God for help. Give it over to God as best as you know how. And then wait. Now, practicing resurrection includes waiting. Because you see, God's timing is not our timing. Letting it go, waiting, see how things turn out. The more we practice this and witness, experience God's peace and direction and faithfulness, the more willing we are to listen and to put our net on the other side of the boat. The resurrection says, the love of God overcomes, overcomes humanity's deepest, darkest sin. We reject God, yet God chooses not to reject us. This is how much God loves us. God shows us with the resurrection how very much he loves us and that no matter who we are or what we have done, there is nothing, nothing that can separate us from God's love. Resurrection means hope. And so if we believe this, we are called to live into this, to practice Practice resurrection. Practice being people of hope. How do we do this? Well, it begins with faith, with belief, even mustard-sized seed belief. We believe that there is hope for this world, that there is hope for the person you know is suffering this day, that there is hope for you, hope for a world that is broken and often scary, hope for the darkest part of your life. God's hope, which we know in the risen Christ and which is loose in this world. If we believe what happens on Easter, we believe in God's hope. And we are invited to live into this hope in our daily lives. Maybe there is something in your own life that needs resurrecting today. A dark, dead part of you that needs the resurrection hope, that needs to be wrapped up in the amazing love that God has for you. Where do you see Jesus having resurrection power in your life? This is what we are invited to today to practice resurrection, to remember the message of last week, to know deep in our bones that there is hope because of who Jesus Christ is and because of the love that God has for us 
and for God's world. I encourage us to think about it. What is it that needs resurrecting in our life? Share this with a friend when you're ready. Pray. Ask God for help. And wait and see. Who knows, maybe next year, the interviews with the non-church people, the message of the world will be a little bit less about candy and egg hunts. Maybe we will practice resurrection in such a way that the world begins to know the hope that we know in the risen Christ. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.